Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, beloved family. How are you doing? We are a day away from the first-class wonderful feast of the Annunciation of Our Blessed Mother, which is tomorrow, March 25th, and nine months later, after the angel announced her um, her going to bear the Son of God, having been overshadowed by the Holy Spirit, nine months later is Christmas when he is born. And tomorrow, a very special... Uh, situation is occurring. It's the act of consecration to the Immaculate Heart of Mary that the Holy Father is um, going to proclaim at the Basilica of St. Peter tomorrow. Um, He's asked all the bishops of the world to consecrate uh, their diocese in union with him to the Immaculate Heart here in um, the Diocese of Salina, the city of Beloit, the entire Diocese of Salina, our Bishop Vinky, is going to do just that. And um, it's very, very special. I've had emails from people not knowing if the consecration wasn't made in the past. <clears throat> there are many situations in which people thought the consecration had been made. Um, a particular recent request, request was, wasn't it made by um, Pope John Paul II? I heard that consecration, and no, because uh, John Paul II never mentioned Russia. <clears throat> it was the whole world, which would include Russia, but Our Lady specifically wants the consecration to be for Russia, and Russia to be mentioned. So, uh, since 1917, uh, when Our Lady made that request... Uh, Many, many popes have uh, taken the chair of Peter. Not one of them has made the consecration uh, of Russia to Our Lady's Immaculate Heart exactly as she asked for it. And so now um, Pope Francis has said he's going to do that. Um, He's including the whole world, but he's going to be mentioning specifically Russia and Ukraine. So I... Apparently, that, that's going to fit the, what the requirement, and it will be tomorrow. And um, the uh, c- context of the co- consecration, the wording, the exact wording has been put out online. So I'm going to read it to us. <clears throat> o Mary, Mother of God and our Mother, in this time of trial, we turn to you. As our Mother, you love us and know us. No concern of our hearts is hidden from you. Mother of mercy, how often we have experienced your watchful care and your peaceful presence. You never cease to guide us to Jesus, the Prince of Peace. Yet we have strayed from that path of peace. We have forgotten the lesson learned from the tragedies of the last century, the sacrifice of the millions who fell in two world wars, We have disregarded the commitments we made as a community of nations. We have betrayed people's dreams of peace and the hopes of the young. We grew sick with greed. 
We thought only of our own nations and their interests. We grew indifferent and caught up in our selfish needs and concerns. We chose to ignore God, to be satisfied with our illusions, to grow arrogant and aggressive, to suppress innocent lives, and to stockpile weapons. We stopped being our neighbor's keepers and stewards of our common home. We have ravaged the garden of the earth with war, and by our sins we have broken the heart of our Heavenly Father, who desires us to be brothers and sisters. We grew indifferent to everyone and everything except ourselves. Now with shame we cry out, Forgive us, Lord. Holy Mother, Holy Mother, amid the misery of our sinfulness, amid our struggles and weaknesses, amid the mystery of iniquity that is evil and war, you remind us that God never abandons us, but continues to look upon us with love, ever ready to forgive us and raise us up to new life. He has given you to us and made your immaculate heart a refuge for the church and for all humanity. By God's gracious will, you are ever with us, even in the most troubled moments of our history. You are there to guide us with tender love. We now turn to you. We now turn to you and knock at the door of your heart. We are your beloved children. In every age, you make yourself known to us, calling us to conversion. At this dark hour, help us and grant us your comfort. Say to us one more, once more, am I not here, I who am your mother? You are able to untie the knots of our hearts and of our times. In you we place our trust. We are confident that especially in moments of trial, you will not be deaf to our supplication and will come to our aid. <clears throat> that is what you did at Cana in Galilee when you interceded with Jesus, and he worked the first of his signs to preserve the joy of the wedding feast you said to him, they have no wine. Now, O oh Mother, repeat those words and that prayer, for in our own day we have run out of the wine of hope. Joy has fled. Fraternity has faded. We have forgotten our humanity and squandered the gift of peace. We opened our hearts to violence and destructiveness. How greatly we need your maternal help. Therefore, O oh Mother, hear our prayer. Star of the sea, do not let us be shipwrecked in the tempest of war. Ark of the New Covenant, Inspire projects and paths of reconciliation. Queen of Heaven, restore God's peace to the world. Eliminate hatred and the thirst for revenge and teach us forgiveness. Free us from war. Protect our world from the menace of nuclear weapons. Queen of the Rosary, make us realize our need to pray and to love. Queen of the human family, show people the path of fraternity. Queen of peace, obtain peace for our world. O oh Mother, may your sorrowful plea stir our hardened hearts. 
May the tears you shed for us make this valley parched by our hatred blossom anew. Let me reread that one. May the tears you shed for us make this valley parched by our hatred blossom anew. Amid the thunder of weapons, may your prayer turn our thoughts to peace. May your maternal touch soothe those who suffer and flee from the rain of bombs. May your motherly embrace comfort those forced to leave their homes and their native land. May your sorrowful heart move us to compassion and inspire us to open our doors and to care for our brothers and sisters who are injured and cast aside. Holy Mother of God, as you stood beneath the cross, Jesus, seeing the disciple at your side, said, Behold your son. In this way, he entrusted each of us to you, to the disciple, and to each of us, he said, Behold your mother. Mother Mary, we now desire to welcome you into our lives and our history. At this hour, a weary and distraught humanity stands with you beneath the cross, needing to entrust itself to you and through you to consecrate itself to Christ. The people of Ukraine and Russia, who venerate you with great love, now turn to you, even as your heart beats with compassion for them and for all those peoples decimated by war, hunger, injustice, and poverty. Therefore, Mother of God and our Mother, to your immaculate heart, we solemnly entrust and consecrate ourselves, the Church, and all humanity, especially Russia and Ukraine. Accept this act that we carry out with confidence and love. Grant that war may end and peace spread throughout the world. The fiat that arose from your heart Open the doors of history to the Prince of Peace. We trust that through your heart, peace will dawn once more. To you we consecrate the future of the whole human family, the needs and expectations of every people, the anxieties and hopes of the world. Through your intercession, may God's mercy be poured out on the earth and the gentle rhythm of peace return to mark our days. Our Lady of the Fiat, on whom the Holy Spirit descended, restore among us the harmony that comes from God. May you, our living fountain of hope, water the dryness of our hearts. In your womb, Jesus took flesh. Help us to foster the growth of communion. You once trod the streets of our world. Lead us now on the paths of peace. Amen. In the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. There's the music, dear ones, for our first break. Um, you may call in with anything at all on your heart about this consecration or anything whatsoever on your heart. The number toll-free is one 511 5483 or email at mother at the We'll be right back. 
Hello, beloved. This is Mother Miriam, host of Mother Miriam Live. Like the Catholic Current and the many other programs that originate from the Station of the Cross, Divine Mercy in My Soul is all about the messages that Jesus revealed to St. Faustina. It is aired every Sunday morning at 11 Eastern and Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. Or you can listen anytime to Divine Mercy in My Soul on the iCatholic Radio mobile app. What you're offering and giving to me, you deserve to get back because you're offering more than I can give. I learned so much through the station on the cross. I listen to the radio station daily and I absolutely love it. I was attending the chapel and places like that and through your programs I was able to find out how other Protestants had come back into the Catholic Church. God bless the station of the cross. Donate today at thestationofthecross.com. Are you holding on to an old car or truck because you think dealers won't want it? Then consider donating it to the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network. This is a great way to turn your unvalued vehicle into a powerful gift for Catholic Radio. You'll be taking part in our evangelization efforts to continue spreading Christ's love throughout the world. Our Lord uses Catholic Radio to draw more people to Himself, and one of the best ways to support the Station of the Cross is by contributing to our vehicle donation program. The process is safe and simple. Your generosity will greatly benefit our mission to bring the truths of the Catholic faith to countless listeners. To find out more or to donate your vehicle today, visit thestationofthecross.com or call 1-866-628-CARS. That's thestationofthecross.com or 1-866-628-2277. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved. This is Mother Miriam Live, and you are now able to call in for the entire hour with anything at all on your heart. You can text and email as well. Again, the toll-free number is one 877 511 Five four eight three or email at mother at the station of the cross dot com. We have an email from Sean, and Sean writes, "I'm so glad God showed me your Facebook page. I love watching your shows every morning. They are so inspiring. Thanks, Sean. I found your Facebook fa- page on the LifeSite platform. Oh, that was wonderful." Um, And you can also find it for anyone else listening on the Station of the Cross Facebook page. Um, LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross are partners in Mother Miriam Live. Um, And Sean says, there I was watching a video called The Joyful Mystery of a Traditional Carmelite Monastery. I know it's a women's monastery, but the reason I'm talking about this is because I wanted to ask you, if there was a monastery for men, and if there is, how would I go about getting into one of those? Yes, there is, Sean. Absolutely, there are many. Uh, Sean says, I want to give my life to our Lord and learn all I can about our Lord, and I think that would be the best way to learn about him. 
I thank you for your time and for what you do. Thank you, Mother, and God bless you. Well, thank you, Sean, dear one. Um, I'm going to suggest two things. There are Carmelite, if you are leaning toward Carmelite, um, charism, um, spirituality, there are Carmelite uh, monasteries for men as well. But there are many others, Franciscan and Benedictine and Dominican. Um, You might go to Institute on Religious Life. Uh, IRL on the internet Institute on Religious Life click on vocation search and they will help you very much um, to explore whether or not you have a vocation uh, to the religious life and the, the many communities that are available for you to look into based on your uh, gifts and talents and personality and desires so Institute on Religious Life um, I'd suggest that. I'd also suggest, uh, Sean, that if you don't um, have a spiritual director, that I would um, ask Our Lady to lead you to a good holy priest who can assist you. Okay, uh, let me see now. We have a call from uh, Marguerite in Massachusetts. Hi, Marguerite. Hello, my mother. It's good to hear your voice. I listen every day to you. I oh, like thank you so much. You. Thank you, honey. I'd like to direct, oh, like direct your attention to the book of the prophet Jeremiah. Uh, it's Seven, a good one. 723-28. It's all about people getting hard-hearted, walking away. If, um, that's how I think that... Uh, then it mentions how uh, that society blocked others from hearing it. I guess I think it could be communist Russia because it's against the law to have religion over there. You know, that's how they want to block your ears, you know. And also, yeah. uh, that's pretty awful. And, and also, uh, pray, I'm praying tomorrow from 12 noon to 3 o'clock on. I think mm-hmm. that's the uh, Boston Good time that they'll be having their consecration yep. on. Uh, 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 is that the right timing from... Yes, Rome? it is. Yes, it is. Yeah, that's just uh, just fine. Um, I think Rome's. Oh, I have to look it up. I some uh, I read it was seven, six or seven thirty at night. We're six hours away from them, so twelve to three is perfect. Okay, thank you so very much. I love your show and goodbye. Thank you, sweetheart. I'm going to read the passage from Jeremiah you're talking about. It's very important and instructive for us today. Um, Jeremiah, God through Jeremiah says, But this command I gave them, Obey my voice, and I will be your God, and you shall be my people, and walk in all the way that I command you, that it may be well with you. But they did not obey, just as you said, Um, They did not obey or incline their ear, but walked in their own counsels and the stubbornness of their evil hearts and went backward and not forward. From the day that your fathers came out of the land of Egypt to this day, I have persistently sent all my servants, God is speaking through Jeremiah, the prophets to them day after day, yet they did not listen to me or incline their ear, but stiffened their neck. They did worse than their fathers. So you shall speak all these words to them, but they will not listen to you. You shall call to them, but they will not answer you. And you shall say to them, this is the nation 
that did not obey the voice of the Lord their God and did not accept discipline. Truth has perished. It is cut off from their lips. Marguerite, that is a very sorrowful passage. And um, I'm thinking of the consecration of Our Lady of that Our Lady of Fatima asked for for Russia, and we didn't listen either. All these years, from 1917 to 2022, um, uh, we have not obeyed. Uh, many popes have made uh, some kind of a consecration, but it was not on Our Lady's. Um, it was not according to her request or instructions. So, um, Margarita, you're very, you're very right. Margarita is off the line now, but I just wanted to read that for others um, to hear what she's speaking about. Very, very true, Marguerite. God bless you. Um, okay, now, we have an email from Paul, and Paul writes, Dear Mother Miriam, concerning the difficulties that you and your sisters are having with the occupancy of your new convent, have you considered seeking a use variance from the local government? It might be worth a try if you have not already sought this remedy. Oh, Paul, you're a dear soul. I have discussed that with the uh, local government, and that is possible. But the only way that can happen is if we sue. Otherwise, it cannot be brought to the city council or the court or anything of that sort. And I won't do that. I'm not going to sue anybody. It's, it's legitimate to sue them, but I will not. And so um, may, most of them have identified themselves as Christian and Catholic Christian. Um, uh, Apostle Paul says we are to settle our, our differences out of court. This was a tremendous injustice. Um, and we have a case, but I'm not taking it up. What we're doing instead, we have a real estate agent uh, from Real Estate for Life. Um, they've sent us someone that's uh, in Concordia, just a half hour from us. And he's already come and looked at the house. And they're going to take pictures and put it online for sale. Um, so let me just say to anyone who wants to move to Beloit, it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful little town. It's the center of the United States. It's a no crime here. It's really lovely. Um, the house is in a, a, a bit of a, um, a separate, beautiful part of town. Um, and uh, it's 6,000 square feet with land around it, two floors, fireplace on each floor. And we've made 12 cells for us uh, because we just need 8 by 10. But anyone who wants that house, you can, we can take the wall out between cells and it's six good-sized bedrooms. Plus, we put a chapel in there, uh, which anybody could use for chapel or a homeschool room, school little schoolhouse. Uh, it has a shed outside, has a barbecue, stone, limestone. It's all made of limestone and, and uh, just an exquisite black back porch and a stream, a uh, creek between us and the uh, neighbor on the other side. It's a beautiful place. And I said we've put three quarters of a million dollars into it, um, uh, including the sale price. Um, we won't, we know we can't, it'd be hard for us to sell it at that. And we're hoping someone could give us as close to that as they could come. And they'll, they'll really have beautiful property. Um, we, we, we stopped the work when the, um, um, 
when the um, when we were voted out, so to speak, we finished the painting. But there's still some work to be done. All the plumbing's in. All the electricity is in. All the rooms are in shape. But we need to put the doors up, which we have. We need to put frames up, which we have. Um, all the plumbing is ready, but the actual sinks and bathtubs and everything, we, we bought and paid for it all. It just needs to be put in. So if you're in construction, uh, you can offer us a little less for it, and you can finish it up yourself. It's, it's truly a million-dollar house. So, okay, enough for that. Paul, thanks for giving me the opportunity. Paul says, I watch your program on a daily basis. Please continue with your wonderful work. May God bless all your efforts, Paul. God bless you, Paul. Kurt from Boston, my friend, how are you? How you doing, Mother? I'm doing great, Paul. I mean, uh, Kurt. I'm Kurt. still with Paul. That's Kurt. okay. Yeah, I know who you are. Um, all this stuff about, like I said, you know, everyone's thinking about the 1984 consecration and whatnot. And we're, we're both converts. So... We both come into the church because we know it's the one holy Catholic and apostolic church, the one that Christ has founded. Now, when the Holy Father, St. Pope John Paul II, consecrated during his consecration, what people don't seem to want to realize is Russia is still orthodox. Now, if you look at Pope Boniface VIII, Unum Sanctum, which is a papal bull, which is ex-cathedra, it says... All human beings should be subjected to the Holy Roman Pontiff, not only Jews and pagans, but also heretics and schismatics. That's right. So my point is, so my point is once this consecration is done, I believe Russia will bring out its true Catholic identity, which it once had before its schism. We pray. This is why, you know, the era started with the schism, let's face it. Then communism right. got in, and they suppressed that. And my other point is, when Bella Dodd brought in 1,100 communist homosexuals into the church, I believe it was, this is one of the errors of Russia that I think was most, was most uh, harming, was because it, it almost muted or neutered the church, and then we had the Second Vatican Council. Not to say the Second Vatican Council is, is not a legitimate council. It is. But what it did was it relaxed the discipline so everybody thinks as long as you believe in Christ, you have some sort of way for salvation, which God can operate. We all know that. But the ordinary means for every human being to work out a salvation is through that visible institution, which is You're right. the Catholic Church. You're right. So, so what I'm getting at is now you're looking at the Supreme Court justice nominee. And, you know, everybody's talking about all the pedophilia in the church. But then again, you look at what they're condoning with this justice. It's insane. It's a, it talk about, talk about two-faced liars. I mean, it's absolutely deplorable. I'd like Kurt, to say, there's the music for our break. Well spoken, my convert brother. Well spoken. Uh, very, very good. I agree with every single thing you've said, sweetheart. Yes. Um, and when Our Lady said Russia will spread her errors, I know she wasn't talking about orthodoxy, of course, but communism, and that's just what's happening today. I have no idea what this consecration will mean because it's quite late. So we'll see what God wills. Kurt, I love you. Um, we'll be right back after the break.
please join Father Mark Noonan in praying the Litany of Humility. O Jesus, meek and humble of heart, hear me. From the desire of being esteemed, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being loved, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being extolled, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being honored, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being praised, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being preferred to others, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being consulted, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being approved, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being humiliated, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being despised, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of suffering rebukes, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being calumniated, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being forgotten, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being ridiculed, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being wronged, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being suspected, deliver me, Jesus. That others may be loved more than I, Jesus grant me the grace to desire it. That others may be esteemed more than I, Jesus grant me the grace to desire it. That in the opinion of the world, others may increase and I may decrease, Jesus grant me the grace to desire it. That others may be chosen and I set aside, Jesus grant me the grace to desire it. That others may be praised and I unnoticed, Jesus grant me the grace to desire it. That others may be preferred to me in everything, Jesus grant me the grace to desire it. That others may become holier than I, provided that I may become as holy as I should, Jesus grant me the grace to desire it. Amen. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. We have a whole half hour ahead of us. And again, you're welcome to call with anything on your heart whatsoever, toll-free, 1-877-511-5483. You may text at that number as well, or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We have an email from Charity, and Charity writes, Dear Mother Miriam, first, I must apologize for my extremely lengthy email. I am not Catholic but I was wondering if you could help me. <clears throat> Charity says, I read your article titled, Forgiveness is for Giving. Forgiveness is for Giving. It blessed me and challenged me, she says. I'm struggling with forgiveness. You wrote, and she takes, um, that was actually a, a cover story on this rock magazine, uh, Catholic Answers magazine, a few years ago when I was on staff with Catholic, with Catholic Answers, actually. So with more than a few years ago, I, um, I left them after nine years in 2008 to begin this community of sisters. She says, you wrote, quote, to an unbelieving crowd, Jesus said, him who comes to me, and he meant anyone, I will not cast out. That's John 6.37, one of my favorite verses in the whole Bible. And she continues that I wrote, and he forgave whoever would come to him. Just like that, 
Yes, and she's still quoting me here. Yes, if the person turned from his sins and believed that Jesus was indeed God's son. And this is kind of a rhetorical thing. I can't forgive like that. And then the article says, are you a Christian? And they answer, yes, I'm Catholic. Then you must forgive such a person. And Jesus says, if your brother sins against you, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. Um, Hold on a moment. That's the end of the article. That's the end of her excerpt quote. And then she, she writes herself, what about sinners who don't turn from their sins and come to him? I think I'm going to have to charity comment rather than reading through the whole email first. I'm, I think I have to comment along the way because it's lengthy. So you ask, what about sinners who don't turn from their sins and come to him? Forgiveness is offered but not received. Are they forgiven? Okay, now, Jesus from the cross said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they did. They don't know what they do. They nailed them to a cross. They knew what they did, but they were blind. Apostle Paul said, if we understood he was the Lord of glory, we wouldn't have killed him. We wouldn't have crucified him if we knew who he was. And Jesus, Romans um, chapter 8 says that he died for us while we were yet in our sins. He paid the price 100% for our separation uh, from God for our sins. The price was completely paid. So he paid the price on that cross 2,000 years ago for everyone who lived 2,000 uh, since the beginning of the world, Adam and Eve, and will live till the end of time. On that cross, Jesus took on him the sins of the entire world, past, present, and future. Every single soul. He died for us while we were yet in our sins. He did not wait for us to get our act together. But now, to receive the forgiveness he died to give, we do need to receive it. Salvation is a gift. We're saved by his act on the cross and his resurrection. We're saved by that. It's a free gift. No one can earn or deserve it. But a gift must be received. It can be received. It can be rejected. And so, uh, Charity says, um, what about those who are living in sin and unwilling to repent? Um, Well, those who are living in sin and unwilling to repent, the forgiveness, uh, God withholds that forgiveness from them. And if they die in that unrepentant state, they will be in hell. It's very clear. What do they need to do to be saved and go to heaven? To receive the forgiveness God gave and, re- and repent and turn from their wicked ways and worship the true God. And she says, what about those who have known him and have rejected him for an idol like the Israelites in the desert? There's no salvation. Hebrews chapter 6 says, if you've tasted the goodness of the Lord and then you've turned from him, there's no more salvation for you. Now, excuse me. Repent and come back, but you must repent and come back because you'd be living in mortal sin. If you once knew him and you've rejected him for an idol, you have turned from him, you have turned from salvation, you have turned from heaven, and you are on your way to hell. And the only way to reverse that is to have a true, true, deep repentance and go to confession to a priest and let him absolve you. And then turn and walk with God. 
charity writes, they rebelled against the one true God and would not enter the promised land out of fear, but instead wanted to return to slavery in Egypt. That's right, they were fools, foolish. And the Lord heard and saw it all and told them there would be consequences for their sin. That's right. They would not be allowed to enter the promised land, but their children would. By morning, reality had set in, and the Israelites quickly tried to remedy the situation and enter the promised land, which is what what God had wanted them to do from the beginning. They react like a child. Well, they were not allowed into the promised land, only Joshua and Caleb. The rest of the generation, Charity, died in the desert. They react, Charity says, like a child who's in trouble and do the thing they should have done out of fear of consequences, but not from a soft heart of obedience. But God was not with them, and they got beat. God wants our repentance. And when we go to confession, we acknowledge that we are confessing our sins because we fear the pains of hell. There's there's nothing wrong with turning to God out of fear. That's the heart of a child who fears punishment, but God allows that. But rather, um, it should be because he's worthy of our love above all things. It should be intrinsic. So yes, God wants our repentance because we turn to him out of a heart of love. But if we're yet children in our faith and we turn to him out of fear, that's still acceptable. A little child comes and, um, Mommy, I'm sorry I, uh, I stole this from your purse. And, and, and Mom says, fine. And when Dad comes home, he's going to give your little rear end a beating because you did that. It's good that you confessed it, but you still need the punishment. Um, but again, if you, and, and you may repent out of, a certain fear, but um, it's better always to repent because we have offended the God of love. Charity says, I have a daughter who has rejected God's love. She became a Catholic five years ago. I sat next to her every Wednesday night during RCIA. Her entrance into the church was full of peace and joy and spiritual growth. But a year and a half ago, during her senior year of college, She met a boy and quickly got swept away. She left her Catholic faith. All of her family and extended family encouraged her to take a break from the relationship and give it to God, to let God heal both of them so that if it was God's will, they would come back together, forgiven and whole and with God at the center. She listened and was sad and had lots of regret. But ultimately, she wanted what she wanted, and she rejected our counsel and continued in the relationship. She got pregnant out of wedlock and quickly married the boy without our blessing. They have turned to a cheap grace God with a cheap grace gospel in the non-denominational world. You said it right, Charity. They say that they are forgiven and they will not be known for their sin. That's not true. They say we are not to discuss their choices anymore. They say they want to have a relationship with us. Quote, whenever we are ready to reconcile, end quote. My goodness. Now that they are forgiven, they say, they are ready for us to move on. Well, you're right. Um, They have bought in for a cheap gospel. 
for a truncated faith that is separate from the Catholic Church, separate from his sacraments. Um, Charity says, we have tried to follow the example of the father in the prodigal son story. He waited and prayed and hoped for the son's return. He did not chase them. He did not chase after the son. He longed to give forgiveness. But the son stayed away for a long time until he came to his senses and returned with a broken and contrite heart. And then the father ran to him and threw his arms around him and gave him a robe and a ring and new shoes and held a big feast in honor of his return. For my son was dead, he said, and is alive again. He was lost and is now found. It looks to them and others like we are unforgiving parents because we have been silent and prayerful. We want a real relationship with our daughter, but how can we when we are forbidden to talk about anything that matters? They are ready to move on. They are ready to change the subject and talk about anything other than what matters. A friend told me once, They want a relationship without the work of being in a relationship. But how do you not talk about the sin in the camp? Um, Charity says, the truth is none of this has ever been about us. It has played out like it was between her and us. But it really has always been about her rebellion against God's love for her. God wasn't doing. Well, it's more her rebellion. It's not just her rebellion against God's love. It's her rebellion against God, period. Um, God gave the Israelites uh, the commandments. Uh, They didn't have to love him. They had to obey. And Charity says God was not doing what she wanted when she wanted it. So she took the fruit and determined for herself what was good and what was evil, and she called the relationship good. We try to forgive them daily in our hearts, and it feels like a daily death. But there has been no evidence of real repentance, no evidence of turning back to the one true God, and no attempts at reconciliation, which would be bearing fruit in keeping with repentance. Can you please help me understand if forgiveness, not just in our hearts, is required? And also, the baby is going to be born next week. And I don't know what to do. I feel like the Lord might want me to go there for the sake of the baby who is a precious gift of innocent life. But I don't know how to be around my daughter and the father. Thank you so much for taking the time to read this. May the Lord bless you, Charity. Charity, you must forgive them. You forgive as God in Christ has forgiven you. Ephesians. That is what we must do. Um, and tell your daughter and her husband um, that, uh, I don't know if they've ever apologized to you. They may say, well, God has forgiven us, but I don't know if they understand they've sinned against you. Um, They've sinned against the commandment to honor their mother and father. They've sinned against God's commandments to be chaste, all of that. So they've sinned against God and against you. If they can sincerely apologize to you for having dishonored you, having gone against the faith of her childhood, even though she made this decision, she still went against the faith of her childhood, the faith that you gave her and, and helped her to be raised in, and she sinned against the two of you. 
Um, she needs to know that. And if she can sincerely apologize to you for that, that would be good. But you need to say, I forgive you. Apostle Paul says if we knew he was the Lord of glory, we wouldn't have crucified him. If you knew what you were doing against God and against your parents, you would not have done it. But you did it in ignorance, and I forgive you, as God in Christ has forgiven me and forgiven us. Um, I do want a relationship with you, but I cannot uh, stay away from the things that matter most about God. We won't harp on them. We don't have to say them ten times, but we cannot exclude God from our relationship. I would do that, Charity. I hope somehow that's helpful to you. Um, if you have further questions, go ahead and call in or send another email. We'll be right back from the break. What does it say about priorities that there, there are some trads and they're deficient in some way and that's got to be job one? It's very odd. If there's problems of people who go to a certain mass, you don't eliminate the mass. You deal with those people individually and you say, okay, let's try to work it out. You don't blame a mass that millions of Catholics have attended. Many countless saints have been nourished under. The Catholic Current, 5 p.m. Eastern from the Station of the Cross and on the iCatholic Radio mobile app. Being tempted isn't a sin. Hebrews 4 verse 15 says that Christ was tempted in all ways that we are yet without sin. So if I'm being tempted, and then in a certain sense, I'm in good company. I'm in the company of our Lord, in the company of Jesus. But what he wants me to do is actually resist. Resist those temptations as he did during his life. That's Sermons for Everyday Living weekdays from 6 to 7 a.m. Eastern on the Station of the Cross. This is Jesse Romero, host of Jesus 911, heard weekdays at 2 p.m. Eastern. I'm joined each day by a variety of co-hosts like Ruben Nava, Paul Clay, Dan Schneider, and my amazing wife, Anita Romero. We tackle Catholic devotions, spiritual warfare, family life, saving America, and everything in between. Join us each weekday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific for Jesus 911. You can also catch a bonus encore Saturdays at noon Eastern. God bless you. Keep the faith. The Station of the Cross appreciates the generosity of our supporters. We are committed to keeping our donors' accounts up to date. If there have been changes made to your payment information, please call us so that we can update your account. 1-877-888-6279, extension 104. Or update your information online at thestationofthecross.com. Thank you for your generous support of Catholic Radio. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. This is our last segment and again, you're welcome to call in with anything on your heart, toll free, one eight seven seven five one one five four eight three, or text at that number, or email at mother at the station of the cross dot com. We have an email from Tomas, who writes, "Hi, Mother Miriam. God bless you and your work. Thanks, Tomas. I work long hours, and your reflections have truly blessed me and helped 
cultivate my interior life. Thanks be to God <clears throat> for how he helps us through one another. Tomas says, I began attending a Latin Mass parish this year. Thanks be to God. It has revolutionized me and my life. It is a long drive, but the Mass I had been going to was not spiritually adequate and was rife with liturgical abuses. However, this Novus Ordo parish I left is the one my family still goes to, and I'm not sure if it's best to abandon my family my family masses, as I have to set an example for the little ones. I'm the eldest of seven children, but the priest has already denied me communion on the tongue, and because I am also unvaxxed, I seem to cause trouble to him. How would you recommend handling this? I don't really want to go back there, but maybe it's best. Many thanks. God bless, Tomas. Tomas, you go to that Latin parish. You you would be a you you want to be an example to the little ones, and you will be an example to them that way. And you need to explain to them why you go to the Latin Mass, and that there are abuses at the Novus Ordo. Uh, there's much irreverence. That uh, and again, the priest won't not serve you a communion on the tongue, which is the norm for the church. No one has ever taken that away. No priest or bishop has any right to refuse you communion on the tongue. And so explain to them that you want to honor God and his church and his ministers. But when ministers uh, go astray in some ways, um, we need to seek holiness um, at any cost. And it's a cost to you personally to be separated from the family because you love them. And as long as your parents will permit anyone to go with you, even some of the little ones, uh, you can invite them um, uh, to come with you. But I would get permission from your parents on that so you don't break up the family by um, overriding your parents' authority. But um, I would, if in your shoes, I would counsel you to continue going to that Latin Mass. The Mass is to give reverence to God not for unity in the family. Jesus said, I did not come to, he said, I came for a store with a sword to separate mother and father and sister and brother and all that. Meaning, if you love me above all, there are going to be consequences. And the mass is not a, um, a cause of unity for the family. We pray it is. But the most important thing is to go to worship God. In, as he is worthy to be worshipped. So, Tomas, um, I, would, I would urge you to continue uh, going to the Latin church. And with respect to your parents, just say to them, Mom, Dad, or however, whoever goes, um, uh, this is not against anyone, but I must worship God, as you've taught us to, in truth. And... I need to go to the Latin parish. I'll be happy if you wish anyone to go with me. I would love all of you to go with me, at least to experience it. But um, be respectful, but I would be firm. I'm guessing you're over 18, and as long as you're over 18, it's your own decision. If you're younger than 18, I would express your desire strongly uh, to go to the Latin Mass. Um... We have a message from Diane on Facebook. 
writes, Mother Miriam, thank you for the courage you display. It's a great example for all of us. Uh, thanks, Diane. Um, she says, I have a million questions. Oh, boy, maybe we could take one at a time. Uh, but I'll begin with this one. Good. Are our names written in a book from the beginning of time and cannot be erased? This is what I'm being told. Thank you in advance for your answer. I love listening to you. And it's probably because you keep affirming my positions regarding Novak's, the Latin Mass, etc. I love the faithful in the church, and you are one of them. God bless you. Thank you, Diane. I don't know where you're being told that our names are written in the book of life from the beginning of time and cannot be erased. That's not true. That not, that's, sounds very Calvinistic, uh, very Protestant of a, of a certain sort of Protestant that believe in predestination. It's not true. We have free will. And um, God does not determine our end. We determine our end. As uh, David uh, wrote, um, do not take thy Holy Spirit from me. And I forget where the scriptures say that we should not be blotted out of the book of life. I need to look that one up. But no. Um, um, in fact, in the Jewish faith, in the Hebrew uh, scriptures, um, the Jews, well, uh, modern Jews, um, between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, it's a 10 days of awe, and the new year and the day of atonement. 10 days of awe where we do good works so that we are not blotted out of the book of life. And if we are not blotted out of the book of life because we honor God during that time uh, and hopefully during our whole life, we are written in the book of life for one more year. And each year, the Jewish faith renews that. Um, we don't need to renew our salvation every year. The fact is we renew it every day. Um, but um, um, Paul says we shouldn't be too um, uh, confident lest we fall. Uh, we shouldn't be too assured of our salvation or too proud or too boastful to think we can't lose it because we can. So no, I don't know where that comes from, but it's not true. It's not true. Um, we have another Facebook message from Carol, and Carol writes, Hello, Mother Miriam. A Protestant friend of mine suggested we have a Bible study together. She's a wonderful woman, kind-hearted, gentle, and simple. She realizes that we are Catholic, but recently said something like, I don't know how your Bible is, but in my Bible, dot, 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 so she understands there's a little bit of a difference. Well, it's more than a little bit. And I think might be a little wary of that. However, she did come up with the idea. I asked her when she wanted to start, and she said as soon as we could would be nice. I also asked her if she would like to do it via video with something like a Chosen series, or if she would like to use an actual Bible. She said she preferred the Bible. That's good. You should prefer the Bible, too. I do not plan on using any Bible other than a Catholic Bible. Yes. My question to you is, can you suggest a Bible study, either video or book, that would be good for both of us, something that won't make the differences in our religious glaringly, in our religions glaringly obvious, 
but maybe a little more subtle so that we can do this together. Thank you for your time, Carol. Carol, if it's just you and your Protestant friend that wants to do this study, you tell her you'll use your Catholic Bible and she can use her Protestant one. And you are not going to stay away from the differences. The primary difference, well, that uh, Matthew... Uh, chapter 16, that's number one, and, um, oh, what am I thinking of, um, and John chapter 6, the fact that Jesus will establish his church, one church, that the gates of hell won't prevail against, and secondly, that the Eucharist is true food, truly Jesus, body, blood, soul, and divinity. If you shy away from those things, you will do an injustice to your friend, Carol. Be strong and help her to understand the faith that our Lord gave to the world. God bless all of you, and we'll speak with you tomorrow.